Good evening, and welcome to Open Air, and good evening, Ashwini. Hey, Michael. Good evening, or good Good afternoon. Or good afternoon, yes. Or good morning, or depending where you are on the planet. Um, And I'd like to encourage folks to uh, get in the queue tonight, Ashwini. Okay. Wonderful. And I have announcements here. Okay. Meditation is one of the most effective ways to train the attention to be with present moment experience. Join Sangha for our virtual meditation groups, conference call meditation sessions that take place seven days a week. For more information about this and other practice opportunities, visit livingcompassion.org. And a few reminders for tonight. If you'd like to get in the queue to talk with Ashwini, please press star six and then one. And a conversation on one topic, please, in about five minutes is great. Okay, Ashwini, and we have some callers here, so I think we're ready to get started. Great. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Oh, hey there. It's Anne from Manhattan, New York. Hi, Anne. Hi, Anne. Hi. Hey. Um, I'm not sure. I just put myself in the queue to be there. Um, so let's see what drops in. Well, um, I um, am a, a dog trainer now, which is amazing. And I have a puppy who... I'm feeling very overwhelmed with. I've been working with her for like three weeks now, and I'm I'm not having any progress. And this is like the first time in the four years I've been doing this that this has happened. And so I'm just feeling really overwhelmed. And um, you may hear her whining in the back. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. um, um, I I guess that's just that's how I'm. Mm-hmm. am right now that's my mm-hmm. energy right now I'm just I <laughs> I'm trying to breathe and be patient with her because she's her own self and so you know she's having a hard uh-huh. time and she's <laughs> having a hard time yeah and I'm like having a hard time too <laughs> uh-huh. so t- t- tell me a little bit more Anne about what does it mean that uh, this is the first time it's happening. What's happening? Um, that I haven't been able to have a solution or a progress in the three weeks that I've been working with her. Um, she has she has a submissive, excited peeing, and I am having challenges um, helping her stay calm which then makes mm-hmm. me anxious and not calm that then she picks up on. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so a little bodhisattva for you. Yeah. Oh, right? I'm Because didn't... it seems it's the same process for the both of you. Mm, yes. Yes. Right? So she's anxious yeah. and that there are consequences to her anxiety and mm-hmm. you're attempting to work with her, which puts you in a place of anxiety that feeds her anxiety. So it seems like this is one of those wonderful opportunities to put on your own oxygen mask first. Yes. Yes. I guess 
my ego, the egocentric karmic self-hate thing is like why I've been doing things that have worked in the past and it's mm-hmm. been three weeks. Why isn't this working? So then she picks up on that. So I need to just drop that. Absolutely. <sighs> That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, well, and, and, and you know, it's, so, it's such an ironic place, right, And Because we think that we're the ones in charge attempting to assist other beings. Mm, other mm, people mm, and life is constantly attempting to assist us right mm, if you didn't receive this beautiful little dog that refuses to do what you tell it to do you wouldn't have the opportunity to work with your anxiety ah. so you think of it as a <laughs> lovely gift where this dog is training you not you're training the dog and she's yeah. there going my God, what a human being getting anxious. Ah. Why can't she just oh my God, I love that. Thank you. That is beautiful. Yeah. You said what she's saying right now. <laughs> That's why I'm scratching my head. I'm peeing all over the place and yeah. she still won't get calm. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Well, and that's that whole place where when we're identified with being the person in charge or being the person who's the expert or being the person who have all who has all of the answers. Or is gonna solve the problem it's the the solve the problem. problem. I haven't solved it, so then I am getting anxious. Yeah. Yes, there's a separation, right? But then if you think that both you and the dog are doing this together and you mm. solve the problem together, within quotes, mm. and you mm. ask her what, how she would want to solve the problem. <gasps> oh, my God, that's so beautiful. Speaking, so I'm excited. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You and she mm-hmm. can get together, and, and then, then you have another tool. You may mm. have all these ways that you worked with before, mm-hmm. but in mm-hmm. cases like this, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. co-create something that works for the both of you. And she teaches you something. Especially mm-hmm. that place of we don't have to, you don't have to do this alone. You can do it with me. In fact, it's my problem within quotes. So how about we talk about how we solve this problem together? Mm-hmm. What a concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Thank you for that. That's just um, wonderful. Thank you. That just um, makes my heart so happy. Thank you. <laughs> exactly, and the, the person that we don't need in the equation is uh, is the is egocentric chronic conditioning self aid, which has no solutions whatsoever, except to yeah. make feel overwhelmed and for her to be anxious. Yes, yes, yes. <sighs> okay, thank you. All right, you take care. And thank I you shall. Thank me. you. Thank you so much. This was uh, wonderful. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Ashwini. You're welcome. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for joining us, Anne. And Ashwini, I see myself getting caught in that same story from conditioning that if there's something for me to do, it's all up to me and it's all up to me and the world is a dangerous place and I'm not going to get the support I need and it's a spiraling story of uh, identification. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No wonder life puts us in situations where we have to confront the fact that uh, we're not alone and it's not all up to me, and it's all up to life anyway. And the truth is, it's true yes. across all of those statements are true. 
Yes, yes, and it's a great reminder of the support that's out there for me. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we have another caller here. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Next caller, are you double muted, perhaps? Yes, I was. Uh, <laughs> hey, yes, William Michael, thank you for that. Uh, this is Jeff in North Carolina. Hey, Jeff. Hey. So I was taking a walk this afternoon, and something occurred to me, and uh, so I have my recorder with me, and um, started recording about it. And um, actually, I've been lost in a, a, a fantasy, basically, about a story about how lots of things, I'm getting a lot of feedback, especially at work, that things are going really well, or kind of a, a lot of uh, whatever, praise or or whatever it is, or people appreciating what I'm doing and that kind of thing. And then, then the, the, the story in the head went on to um, uh, some things that, that oh, but, but these people are, you know, a lot better at than me, these same people. <laughs> and, uh, but, but anyway, then, uh, then the moment of awareness was related to our uh, aversion uh, assignment um, in the year-long retreat, and um, what it occurred to me is that I, I, I put a lot of time and energy into, in quotes, spiritual stuff, um, health, things that are, you know, involve helping the children at work or that I think do or whatever, um, or just work in general um, and, and whatever. But then I, things I, I, want, I can't remember what the question was that among those questions in our year-long retreat assignment but you know what, what one of them is like uh what what never gets to put to the top of the priority list and and so i was looking at well you know i've i mean i i've never invested money at at all in my life um you know i'm i don't i don't uh i've never done anything toward owning a house don't really want to don't you know don't haven't learned a lot about fixing things anyway but especially the financial stuff Anyway, I was just looking at that, and I saw the, the stories, which I've seen before, that, that in quotes, that's not spiritual, and it's selfish, and, you know, my time is better. It's a waste of time and all that kind of stuff, which is, anyway, that's just what, what, what those stories say. And, um, you know, where's the, you know, helping people or spiritual practice or health? Those are the things, those are the kind of things that matter. Um, anyway, just, it just occurred to me, uh, you know, to look at and go, I, I saw the, I don't want to change it. And then I actually saw, you know, some wanting to change it. Um, not that that's really what we're going for, trying to change something, but anyway, just, I, I, that's pretty much it. Um, that's, that's what I was looking at. Okay, so, you know, Jeff, I think I'm tracking, but I didn't track the connection between what you were first fantasizing about and this. But needless to say, the focus is on recognizing that one of the things that, don't, that doesn't make it to the top of the priority list is simply investment, investment right? So the financial aspect of it. So there's clarity about that. That's one of those things that I'm over that, that I'm averse to. And so let's look at it from uh, let's look at it because that's the invitation. What am I averse to? 
And it sounds like that you're closing in on the reason for the aversion being a belief that uh, spiritual practice or health or, uh, the, or work are more important from a, time, uh, from a time resource perspective than finances. And that's really what keeps you from looking at that aspect of your life. Yeah, I, I mean, it's on the list, but it's, na- it's never, never as important. So I intend to get to it, um, but mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, it's a waste of time compared mm-hmm. to especially practice. Um, uh-huh. but, but any of the three, any of those, those three yeah. others. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's just, a, it's just a, it's a good awareness to, to look at how controlled you are. Right. <laughs> well, these are the good things to put your attention on. These are not, this is not as important. It's, it's important, but it's not as important. And so at a given a choice, you'll go with what is significant and not, what is appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. And there would be other things. It was just so I, it, I felt been feeling like this week, like I haven't been seeing that much. And then when, it, when, when this occurred to me, it was like, Oh my gosh, this is all over the place. Cause I could say the same about that. I don't, I hardly, I, I hardly do anything socially and, you know, don't put much time. Anyway, I don't want to go into a totally another topic, but, but finance is being a big one, but you know, spending time with people or just, you know, uh, recreation, social or recreation, you know, that is, that's <laughs> definitely not uh, deemed worthy so much of the time and not really on the list, or it's on the list, but it's not really. Um, anyway, so, but I, I really, look, I'm interested in the way you, you framed it around, this is how I'm being controlled, because I'm usually identified with, uh, you know, aspects of ego that, think this is true and right and whatever, but, 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 to, but to look at it as, oh, right, <laughs> I'm, I'm being controlled. That's right. And the importance of that, so, so first is, I mean, we've been looking at this all week, the awareness itself is important, right? If you didn't know that you were being controlled, then being, becoming aware that there is a certain level of here, here's what you're allowed to do and here's what you're not allowed to do, um, going to the next precept on fantasies of authority, right? Uh, it's mm. good to know. Because now that I know that that control is happening, I could explore whether or not what's behind that uh, resistance or fear, or well, but now you've identified it as a belief. Then you could create a practice tra- structure or a training structure to explore being able to do what you're not allowed to do and then encountering whatever happens around that. So you could say, in a way I'm going to practice with this is this week for 30 minutes, I'm going to, I don't know, whatever X, Y, Z around finances is. And then you watch. Are you, are you made to forget it? Do you run into huge amounts of resistance? Uh, how mm-hmm. do you support yourself and, and the, the human incarnation to go through that resistance and then actually do the thing that you set out to do related to finance? Could be as simple so as great. I'm going to pick up a 101 on investments, investments for dummies or whatever it is, and read 10 yeah. pages. Right? Get educated, or listen to a fun podcast on economics or whatever it, it might be. Right? Whatever it yeah. is that allows you to 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 
love, develop a, a curiosity towards a topic that you're not even allowed to examine. You know, the process <laughs> is not. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Please, I'll, I'll, I'll remember. Because it's not about okay. Now I'm the right person. Thing to do is to go, go get involved with my finances, right? Mm. It's most. Mm. It, but but it's the content of the finances that allows you to have the workshop around aversion, around how you're controlled. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can mm-hmm. you can discover that is by going towards what you're controlled around. <laughs> if you're not allowed to look at finances, then you get to look at finances. That's your training module on a content. Yeah. Module. Right, right, right. But then do some whatever around it, do some basically paying attention, but whether it's recording and listening or whatever else or, you know, tracking the process um, so that it, um, yes. so that I'm, yes. I'm watching the process. Yes. And I think that it, so it's, it's important. So what tends to happen on at a practice level, right? Um, Jeff, I mean, you're being told that a spiritual person does not have interest in finances. Where did, that belief beggars belief, right? You have to live. You have to pay your bills. Right. You have to pay taxes. You have, you, you know, there, there are some things that you just do, regardless of being, uh, because you are in form and you're incarnate in this, in this incarnation in this time and space, right? Um, so, right. So that place of, I mean, you could, we could spend some time looking at where did that arise, why aren't you allowed. You can dissect ego in great detail around this process of aversion towards finances, or you can know that this is the domain that you're not allowed to explore, and now I'm going to explore that domain. And just structure something that will allow you to see whatever you need to see and perhaps even address the content issue. Yes, that sounds great. I love it. And here's the, here's the kind of, I don't know, ironic thing, and I don't want to keep this conversation going and going, but, but just briefly, as soon as you started to say it, then I, I won. I, get, I started getting excited about it, um, especially the way you're talking about it as an exploration. Um, but also the fact that now, now it's practice. Because yes. I was, I'm, there, do you know what I mean? Oh, oh, my gosh, yes. That is such a beautiful insight because if practice is the most important thing to you then you will practice with the place that you're not allowed to go which is finance absolutely absolutely but now it's like now oh oh this is practice so it's but the other the other thing is now it's legitimate in in the in in the head which you know i'm not saying anyway i i don't know that that's Anyway, I just wanted to say that that that's how the con- in that's part of the, the condition as well. There's both conditioning operating in that now this just got switched to legitimate because it's practice, but also there's the genuine excitement about it genuinely being practiced, and it's like oh now I really I really do want to look at it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and it's so. important that nuance is a very good thing to be aware of, right? that there is something that can take genuine excitement to legitimize it into the good right person thing to do in order to convert it into an identification. I see that. Mm. I see what ego wants to do with it, and I go with the excitement. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, right. Okay. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Jeff.
Thanks for joining us, Jeff. And Ashwini, I was seeing the bamboozle, the similar bamboozle for myself. The uh, When you frame it as I'm being controlled, then conditioning reacts with, what do you mean? I'm not being controlled. I'm just not interested in money. Um, and that's the, the clarity that you brought to it to see it from that other perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. And Ashwini, we're going to stop here for good news updates, and then we'll come back and talk with more callers. Sounds good. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. And Jen, I'm turning it over to you for a good news update. All right. Thanks, Michael. And I'm pleased to be joined this afternoon by Anna, who is here to speak with us about her experience of working with I Choose Unconditional Love. Welcome, Anna. Hi, Jen. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah. So just having finished the Summer of Love, very timely to hear directly from someone who has been practicing much of what the guide was talking to us about this summer. So perhaps you could talk a little bit about your experience. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so it's a very simple practice. I choose unconditional love. I choose unconditional love. And so in between the I choose unconditional love, you know, we may hear things like, oh, it's not working. But what about, oh, but you forgot to, I choose unconditional love. I choose unconditional love. It was working really well yesterday. You're doing really well at this yesterday. It's not going so well today. I choose unconditional love. I choose unconditional love. And just hearing that modeled by the guide is like rocket fuel it's 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 Mm. just such a clear demonstration of the how of practicing this that (laughs) there is nothing else other than (laughs) i choose unconditional love and yeah yeah please go ahead i suppose and Mm. well and in that just kind of that constant devotion practice, what is getting revealed is, first of all, that so much of the thinking is to do with losing love, right? So, oh. It's to do with, did you say losing love, Anna? Losing love, right. So, thoughts like, well, I've done something that's going to cause me to lose love, or maybe I could do something that would cause me to lose love, or somebody else has done Mm -hmm. something and maybe I need to withhold love from them and um, that process to the thinking hadn't been clear to me before this kind of most recent um, you know recommitting to I choose unconditional love and the realization that came with that as I kept on practicing with it was if I'm choosing unconditional love then it's, it's, it's unconditional love and and so I don't need to think I like in other words the it, it weakens the compulsion for attention to go to conditioned mind where there's that you know kind of conditioned connection between being loved as something that happens externally to me and that's linked with my survival yeah so the <clears throat> the argument that may have felt so compelling. Well, I mean, but this is—I mean, this is important. I mean, you're—you're you're not going to be loved if you don't 
think this through and is this the right thing and, you know, whatever it may be, to really get it, hang on one sec, <laughs> let me look at this. If I'm choosing unconditional love, unconditional love, then I don't have to think because there is no reason that I have to, quote, do anything or not do something or figure something out or whatever it may be in order to be loved because it's unconditional love. Right, right. And it's just such a, I don't know how to describe it, but just such a revealer, like it reveals everything. If there's a pull on attention to go to negativity in conditioned uh-huh. mind, you know, about anything, you know, any something wrong, not enough, it's so clear. Well, I choose unconditional love. It just, it just deepens the resolve and makes clear the choice and makes clear when there's something that's other than that choice, and then it's clear that the only choice is for the choice. Well, that's, that's brilliant, because so it both, it both reveals what we think is another choice, so it brings all of that to the surface. It really pops that into release, and it gives us the antidote, which is, I choose unconditional love. And it's so funny the way you're describing it, First of all, I love that um, when you said the way the guide models that, it's rocket fuel. And it's, mm-hmm. it is so simple, as you started out with, and, and really, um, therefore, somewhat challenging to express <laughs> the power of it <laughs> because, because it is so simple and because mm-hmm. it's, it's a, the, quote, answer to anything that conditioned mind can throw at us. Yeah, it loses all power, doesn't it? And it's it's the um, I just saw something with that that uh, yeah. Well, it's a practice of direct experience. Ours is a practice of direct experience. So, you know, mm-hmm. we see and hear the guide modeling. I choose unconditional love. We take it up, and we have our experience of it. And something else. Um, about it is, you know, hearing the guy say, well, unconditional love is what's here when we stop doing everything else, right? Mm-hmm. And my experience of that is that the all of those things that traditions call different things like the ground of being or all that is or the intelligence that animates, my experience of that is unconditional love, right? And that yeah. is <laughs> what we are. And this is this is this is now something that I, you know, in quotes, know through this direct experience being, right? Mm. And and of course, the everything else that we do is everything that happens in conditioned mind. And so I choose unconditional love is in my experience is such a way of stopping doing everything else and experiencing the unconditional love that is that is us. Mm. Yeah, you know, and it's so practical that way because that, yes, you know, unconditional love is what's there. Love is what's there. Peace is what's there. Joy is what's there when we stop doing everything else. Okay, great. And, quote, stopping doing everything else can be a really tall order because we're so trained to go with that conditioned conversation. And so I think what you're articulating, and it's certainly my experience, that having something like over and over and over to go to, I choose unconditional love, is a very simple, we could even say mechanism 
to assist with that not doing that can otherwise be feel nearly impossible. Right, right. So it's the choosing is the stopping doing everything else. I don't have to run around internally yes. trying to stop doing everything else, like kind of plugging roots everywhere. It's just a simple, yeah. um, a simple uh, choosing. Yeah. Yeah. Which really underlines what we always talk about, you know. So, so people often, when they come to a meditation practice, will have a sense of, okay, okay, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to stop the thoughts, and then, of course, feel dreadfully unsuccessful because it's never going to work. That's an absolutely full-time job to, quote, stop the thoughts, and it's never going to happen. So instead, the, you know, conditioned mind can do whatever conditioned mind pleases, but I have a way to direct the attention. I choose unconditional love. And I, as you say, I love that demonstration. Oh, God, it was working so well yesterday. What about today? I choose unconditional love. I choose unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So highly recommend it, huh? Yeah. I do. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just get this image of, you know, when I practice it and, uh, you know, that experience in practice where there's a thought that started and maybe at the beginning you were identified with doing the thought, right, and thinking the thought and, mm. and you, uh, you know, you choose, I choose unconditional love and then you see the thought for what it is, right, you see conditioned mind and I just get this image of, like, being a little kid and, you know, jumping over the waves as they're coming in mm-hmm. to shore. So away from them, you mm-hmm. jump over, you jump over. And it's, it's that experience of the, well, probably the energy is similar, right? There's that kind of release of energy when we disidentify from conditioned mind. And it's like you see the thought dissipate. You see the, the momentum of it dissipate. And it's like, as we say, you know, all the energy is available for life for authenticity Mm. yes yes exactly and and very disidentifying to have that experience again and again because as you say when the when the thought first comes up and certainly this is the way you know again we're we're very trained to to have this experience well that's me thinking but to have the have the experience of so in comes the thought, I choose unconditional, then you go to I choose unconditional love, and then to watch the thought come and go then becomes an experience of, oh, that's, that's not me. That's a wave passing through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially fun with the ones that are more the I things, you know, you know oh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm identified, I choose unconditional love, I'm tired, I choose unconditional love, I feel whatever, you know, I choose unconditional love. And, and then it becomes like, who cares? <laughs> I choose unconditional love. Yeah. Like, am I going to go, like, let the conditioned train run of what all of these things mean? Or am I going to choose, I choose unconditional love? And, you know, Anna, that feels like it really adds one other piece to it that we haven't said explicitly, which is staying with it. Yeah. Staying with it. Yes. Because that, yeah. that's the huge power of it. Because if we stay with it through whatever, you know, there are going to be days where it's like, wow, this is fantastic. I mean, 
boy, I'm really experiencing that unconditional love and that, boy, the ground of being and joy is what's there when you stop doing everything else. Oh, this is what they're talking about. You know, I get it. And there'll be other mm-hmm. times where that doesn't feel anywhere in sight and then everything yep. in between. And But to do the practice through all of it, that is hugely transformative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yes, yeah. and that example was real, that it was going so great yesterday and it's not going great today. <laughs> I choose to yeah. oh, That's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is from experience, yeah. live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, for folks who may not have heard the recordings, the, um, some the SOS Love Calling recordings are available. And so if anyone wants to hear more about how this all came to be and, as you say, the guide modeling it for us, those are available for people to listen to. Yeah. And thank you for being with us today to talk about your experience of all of this. Oh, truly a pleasure. I'm so grateful. Mm. Me too. Thanks, Anna. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And I'll turn it back over to you, Michael. Wonderful. Thank you, Jen, and thank you, Anna. Welcome back to Open Air. And Ashwini, I really appreciated that the focus on the persistence, whether I'm being told that I choose unconditional love is working or not working, I just keep showing up. Yes, it is. It is so powerful, Michael, because it's a it's the repetition of the phrase that is the choice in itself. It's like that, as they were yeah. saying on the uh, on the call. I mean, on the in the interview, it's the outcome and the process, right? So if I keep yeah. saying I choose unconditional love, it may not be that I am cho- I'm going to my experience of unconditional love. Just the saying of I choose unconditional love interrupts the thought process yes 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 and that's why the persistence that you're talking about uh, is so important no matter what comes out of my mouth or pops into my head the answer is I choose unconditional love (laughs) yes yes definitely and and again I will echo echo the what what Jen said if people have not listened to that group it is one of the best groups of the summer of Sangha so Wonderful. Encouraging would be to listen. Yes, and if folks don't know how to access that, they should email the guest master. Is that right, Ashwini? Yes. Okay. And that is information at livingcompassion.org. Wonderful. And we have another caller here. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hey, Michael and Ashwini, it's Anne actually calling from Squim. Hey, Anne from Squim. Hey, I really appreciated uh, Michael's invitation to put put ourselves in the queue. It was just the little bump I needed to get myself in the queue. So, um, you know, I just appreciate all the support from Sangha to participate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and sometimes we need the nudge. Sangha calls to Sangha, and we say say yes. You know, it's so easy to call in and just listen. And um, so it's just a really good reminder that um, um, I want to I wanna support the people offering the practice opportunity. And even if I don't get called on, putting myself in the queue is a demonstration of my support, you know. And so mm. that's, that's a really mm. good reminder 
Yes, that's such a beautiful way of saying it. There wouldn't be, if there is an offering, then saying yes to the offering is participation, both in the listening and in, in the active participation. Otherwise, there isn't an offering, right? So it's a beautiful sense of if you give a gift, there, hopefully somebody is there to receive it. And you need yes. both in order for it to be a whole. Yes, because I so appreciate the incredible, while we were just talking about unconditional love, the incredible love that is poured into practice offerings. And it feels like the least I can do is just say, hey, folks, I want you to know I'm out here listening. Um, you know, like I said, even if I'm never called on, but just, just so for whoever's looking at the list of people in the queue, to, for them to go, wow, there's a lot of people in the queue, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of takeaways. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So it's just it's just a ver- very helpful reminder, which I appreciated. And um, I'm going through a workshop right now on transition. And as I was listening um, tonight, I saw something new, which is um, there. There is a well. You know, it's one of those things. When I think Sherry was saying on the call this very morning that you see something and then it's so obvious but it, it's not obvious until you see it. But what I, what I saw as I was listening is I, there are so many sensations, physical sensations in the body, and the belief is if I can just get to a particular point and arrange my life in a particular way, then I won't have these sensations. Yeah. Yeah. It's always the if that, it's always the conditional. Right? Yeah. That's a signature of of conditioning is it's conditional if you do this then it will result in this yeah yeah and here we are going for the unconditional right it's yes yes it's this yes it's this yes i'm here for this yes i'd rather be here for this yes yeah, and the and the train and to realize what a lie that is, and to train for you know what if I had these sensations the rest of my life, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> even if I die tonight, you know, it's how can I, you know, the, you know that what is that cliche sound, uh, saying the time to be happy is now, you know, there, there's always mm-hmm. this postponement of joy or that saying don't postpone don't postpone joy there that that whole process of well, you can't be happy until, or you can't be okay until. Um, and it's yes, so pernicious. It is so pernicious. And the lie, is, it's, a, it's, the, it's the lie because you can be happy here. You are yes. okay here. Yeah. You're already that. And then because the attention goes to a statement that we believe is conditional, we go with the conditional in pursuit of that. Because... As you said, if you take that analogy further, right, and if you died, uh, all you had in your life was sensations. Were you there for that? <laughs> yeah. Right. right. And yeah. I mean, because that's all that my life is about, sensations, yeah. not about not having sensations. So I'm not there for the life that is in the moment, right? Yeah. Whatever form it is, sensations or being settled or conditions coming together, or whatever it is in the moment, is my life. Yes, and you know the other thing I saw um, when you said that, Ashwini, and again, this is you know one of those things that's so obvious, but it's not until you see it, is you shouldn't be feeling this. Mm. 
you know, that, that all that, that condition, which is such a, you know, a conditioned place. Um, you know, we're feeling what we're feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's the same process as before. It is yeah. what it is, right? There are yes. physical sensations in the body, and that's what I'm saying yes to. Mm-hmm. Because that is what life is in the moment. At least my experience of it in the moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and the invitation is to embrace what I'm experiencing in this moment, right? That it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> now, of course, you know, of course I would be feeling this. Or, well, I am feeling this. So, oh, my mm-hmm. Lord. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, and there's that dimension that we always bring to it, right, Anne? Because, if, if, because we're not, um, because we're caught in the story, the to either redirect attention to unconditional love or to invite the human being who's been caught in the story into conscious awareness, right? So yeah, yeah. this is a difficult situation. You are in transition. There is uncertainty. No wonder you're feeling this way. But that's all yeah. right. Yeah. It's all right to feel this way. It's, it's actually natural to feel this way. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's I'm not going to tell you that it's just going to feel better miraculously tomorrow, but (laughs) but if we're doing this together, then we'll take it one step at a time. And that that reassurance allows us to to not just have to accept it in that sort of, um, which we can if we are purely attention on awareness. If we're identified, it takes something like that conversation to bring conscious, mm-hmm. compassionate awareness to the process. Yeah, as you were saying that, it, rem- it, it, it what it uh, underlines for me is, you know how we talk about um, an amusement park ride, we can, it's sensations, and those can be interpreted as fear or excitement, you know, so there's a label being put on the sensations, and, um, you know, they could be perceived, and, you know, me- you know it could be seen as an adventure, and, you um, rather than something scary, you know. So it's just so interesting um, to see how it's set up as something that is not enjoyable or, uh, you know what I mean? Yes, yes. And I project it's not because of the sensations themselves, because no. it's the labeling. Yes. And so then the ability that we, the tool that we use when we look at it and keep looking at it and keep talking about it, is to face what is unsaid, not explicit, uh, vague about the yes. whole thing. And yeah. discover either that there's the, the thought dissipates and there's only the unconditional love, or we make conscious what is unconscious, and then by revealing it in conscious awareness, it loses its power. Yeah. Yeah, somebody was saying in group the other day that, you know, um, that she wanted to make a choice to be happy. And, I, you know, that just so hit me. And I thought, I mean, that's really what, what, we're, pra- you know, what we're practicing for is to, you know, is to disidentify from that, that basically the story that is making, causing suffering, to, to disidentify from that and realize in this moment there is nothing wrong and I can be happy. But it takes that mm-hmm. uncovering of that, so those subliminal messages. Yes. The recognition, as somebody said, we were talking about in a previous conversation, the awareness that I'm being talked to, which is why I feel this vague sense of unease. Yeah. And then, 
yeah. okay, well, what is this vague sense of unease about? If I make it less vague, then it, it, I actually have a chance of uh, seeing through it. Yes. Yeah. And oh, and the other thing I just saw it's so interesting as you're saying things. I'm, you know, things are being revealed. Is that somehow, you know, the other conditioned thought is somehow I'm doing it wrong if I'm feeling this, which is so bogus because of course I would be feeling this, you know. And and then you know what a child like what a child place that is, you know, oh, oh, you know, over and over again. So um, wow, I just just a lot of compassion for all of us, and a lot of gratitude for practice that that allows us to hold this and and support each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's nothing wrong with the constant equation, right? If you feed it, yeah. I think we were talking about it in the Good News Update, but that lens of thinking is always negative. So wow. there's always something wrong. It doesn't matter what the content is, right? So this this situation shouldn't be this way. Mm-hmm. This moment shouldn't be this way. Mm-hmm. This uh, feeling shouldn't be this way. You shouldn't be this mm-hmm. way. It doesn't matter what you put into the equation, but we get out something wrong. You know, Shunya, I don't think I've ever quite heard that the way you said it, which is uh, maybe you didn't say it this way. This is how I heard it, is that thinking is always negative. It's surely... Um, um, is a huge motivation to not think and to, <laughs> and to choose unconditional love, right? So the thinking yeah. starts in, which is inevitably going to lead to something negative. They know I choose unconditional love. Yeah. 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 It always takes us away from the moment. Thinking always takes us away from the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or attention on the thoughts, which is what thinking yes. is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just I'm just so grateful for all of these practice opportunities. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for participating and for giving us the gift <laughs> of the receiving. All righty. Go happy. Take care. Thanks for joining us, Anne. And another fabulous conversation, Ashwini. And I have another call here. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Michael. Hi, Ashwini. This is Miriam. Hey, Miriam. Hi. Well, I'm doing Q practice because there's been a lot of ego resistance. Um, So I'm uh, practicing pushing past that and just, oh, basking in the gloriousness of practice. Yes. Yes, the impulse to participate is what is being attended to. Yes. Um, so in, I was in that, that work-related workshop, and um, so what I saw at one point was that I wanted a certain outcome, and then when I accepted that I wasn't going to get that outcome, I was able to just let it go and let it be and accept what was, is, or how it's going to be was how it's going to be. And then I heard this voice in my head said, well, now you've graduated this workshop, bring on the next one. Well, the next ones have got brought from every direction. (laughs) Oh, my God. And it's just been 
Oh, I was driving to work today thinking, oh, my God, I'd give anything to be back in that other workshop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, which is the same process, right? Yes. Um, I mean, the process that you talked about was acceptance of what is mm-hmm. in the face of uh, an, uh, an wanting something to be different or wanting a particular mm-hmm. outcome and realizing they're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. All right, so then this workshop arrives, and the process is, oh, this any workshop other than this one. Yes. So you have to keep practicing acceptance. Of that <laughs> oh, my God. And it feels like it's like workshop after workshop. It's like on every level, finances, health. And, like, my current life partner is a four-legged uh, bodhisattva. She's a, a German shepherd, and, I mean, I love her. I love her. I love her. But she's very challenging. She's, um, uh, so I was really, so when I heard the first caller, I said, oh, I said, I have to put myself in the queue. This is just mm. too um, serendipitous. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's eight years old. And um, I mean, I've been doing the best that I can, but she's, she has an anxious personality. She's, and it's so amazing how someone that I project is so intelligent can also be so stupid at the same time. (laughs) Uh, So Sunday I took her for a walk in this place that I go. It's a a dirt road. And there was a four-wheeler coming towards us, and I was holding on to her. But she's too strong for me now. And anyway, so she got away from me, and she got hit, but she wasn't hurt too badly. But I mean that... Oh my God! The the ensuing 24 hours, this place of feeling so incredibly bad. It was just, oh, it was it was horrible. And um, and what I saw in that is that I really am doing the best that I can. And I mean, the, she she is who she is, and she is how she is. And I can want to try and change her. But I can't because she is who she is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and, and, you know, Miriam, I think we've had this conversation a couple of times, right? Because mm-hmm. the, the condition, conditional, going back to our last conversation, mm-hmm. is that if she were different, you would be okay. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if, if something happens to her, it's your fault. Yes. So if you were different it would be okay. It's yes. always, if somebody was, somebody or something is different, <laughs> everything would be okay. Exactly. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. And so workshop mm. after workshop, we start to get to, the, to arrive at this, it dawns on us, right, mm-hmm. that if we are, if we're relying on something external to be okay, we never will be okay. Sometimes mm-hmm. we will and sometimes we won't. But the, mm-hmm. the predictability of our happiness is, mm-hmm. is, is, is not high odds that it's going to be more happy than mm-hmm. not happy, right? Mm-hmm. Because especially if the worthy opponent is always going to be keyed into what's wrong yes. 100% of the time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, here's the workshop at work and here's another workshop at work and here's another workshop with this with this bodhisattva that you absolutely love. Mm-hmm. The only place that you can be all right is in you. Yes. So what's been really, really helpful is uh, 
a couple of days before this happened, like, um, I, I really love the practice and Miriam, of, yes? Miriam, before you go there, I think it's really important what you said. You are doing your best. No yes. self-hate. You don't need to feel mm. bad. And that is an important, you know, that place mm. of uh, something happens, we we have to do our we are doing our best, not letting self hate take advantage of the situation or the circumstance and to make you feel bad about it is one of the most important things we can do to be okay. Mm-hmm. So what's really helpful with that was um is is the practice of love letters and uh I had for for quite some time, like I was doing 30-day commitments and then it kind of fell away with everything else because I was in that really bad place. And then just a few days before that happened, I I started, I made another 30-day commitment to do it. And I've been listening to them on my commute to work and what a difference it makes. It's just, oh, it's such a beautiful practice. And mm-hmm. it's, oh my God, it's such a beautiful practice. And sometimes it'll be things that I write myself or it'll be something you say or Sherry, sway, or Sherry says, and I'll say, well, to quote a Schwinnie, to quote Schwery, to quote, to quote Jen, and then I'll, I'll write that quote and it's, those reminders are absolutely just amazing and they're all unconditionally loving. And yes, because they ha- and, and they have the merit of being true, and they have the merit of being true. Yes. So yes, so, so I. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, so, yeah. I just wanted to underline what the process place, the process that you're pointing out. Right. We can be in a conversation that is negative and self-hating, or full of hatred and blame and what's wrong mm-hmm. and who did what and all of that, or mm-hmm. we could be in a conversation of love, which is what mm-hmm. you're choosing. I mm-hmm. choose to listen to a conversation of unconditional love and replace mm-hmm. that hateful conversation. So my experience will be a, a magnificent one because I'm listening to mm-hmm. goodness talking. Yes. Mm. So I call that love lettering now. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. Adding the mm-hmm. ing onto it. Yeah, it's really. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just, yeah. I'm so grateful. Oh my gosh, I'm so grateful. Mm. Oh, I'm yeah. grateful. Mm. Yeah. We're very yeah. lucky to have this practice and the tools that will allow us to make that oh choice for love rather than the choice for hate. Yeah. It is. And it's, it's really remarkable that even, even when the self-hate comes in, it feels different than before practice. There, there's, there's an yeah. element Let's that is... Those. Yes. Yes. It, it sometimes it, it it can be it's believable for a little bit, but then that mm, that practice kicks in, and it's nope, that's not true, that is not true, and I'm choosing to be the 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 who I am, who I was, and who I always will be at the outset, and that is that that unconditional love and acceptance and just oh my gosh so much gratitude yeah. yeah yeah so much gratitude for the practice and the practitioner who does the work in order for that to become more and more available yes yes 
So thank you, and deep gusto. Thank you. Take care, Miriam. You too. Thanks for joining us, Miriam. And Ashwini, we are at four minutes to the hour here. Do you want to speak with another caller, or shall we? Let's go for it. All right. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Oh, hi, Michael. Hi, Ashwini. It's uh, Todd in Kelowna. Hey, Todd. Hey. I'll be three and a half minutes brief. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've been looking at a process that's been intertwined with all the conversations tonight, and it, it was, I think, part of the last week's year-long treat assignment was um, that juxtaposition of trying to get what I want or wanting what I get. And um, that is... Uh, that is a uh, a great practice area for me right now, and it's been two big areas of con- content. One is in big in transition, and one has been uh, in um, uh, the current uh, wildfire situation in in our town. It's very imminent, and and it's um, it's um, it's been causing uh, uh, a lot of uh, challenges of of accepting of, of what is uh, on on a lot of fronts, but. That's kind of what I've been working with. Yes, and you know, Todd, the most important part about that getting, I mean, wanting what you get is that yeah. you don't have to be, you don't have to like it. <laughs> you get, thank you. Yeah, that's so yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it's that lovely quote of Sherry that really blew the doors open on this whole thing, which is, uh, you cannot like it. You just have to be with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that acceptance is non-judgmental in the sense of that's the only way you can accept something as, a, as, as what is, right? Uh-huh. Everything else is additional, which you also accept. This is, this, you know, this is what's going on. I don't yeah. particularly want it to happen, but it's mm-hmm. what I've got. Yeah. And, so, and, I, and it's also true that it's challenging for me mm-hmm. to have that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's very important to look at wanting what I get in in the appropriate, unconditionally loving, conscious, compassionate awareness perspective, not mm-hmm. the ego perspective. That's well, you know, you are you have to sleep on a bed of thorns, and you've got to be cheerful yeah. about it. Yes. Yeah, or or even it, I I often get it as punitive. Yes. That's, yeah. Yes, exactly. The, that's what I mean. Punitive. You have yeah, punitive. You should do this. It's the right exactly. person thing to do. You have right. to do it. You have yes. to be happy. Yes, yes. Uh, it's punitive. I'm being punished, or it's my fault, or if if I was, you know, a different way, or did something differently, the outcome would have been different, and then I could have um, uh, got what I I could have wanted what I got. Yes. Yeah. So instead of instead of punishing you for not for wanting to get what you want, now it's punishing <laughs> yeah. you for not wanting what you can. Exactly. You know, and then yeah. we just come back to that tired old. Oh my God! It's got it's a one trick pony. Just yeah. everything in the negative. Yeah. Everything in the negative. Well, thank you. We're at the top of the hour. We made it. Well, thank you, Todd, for being so brief. <laughs> my pleasure. Thanks, Michael. And so profound. Thank you, Todd. Okay. Go happy. Go happy. Thanks Thanks for joining us, Todd. And Ashwini, what a fabulous show. Uh, Such powerful insights and reminders. Mm -hmm. 
uh, very mm-hmm. grateful for all of it. Yeah. Me too, Michael. So, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Ashwini. Thank you, everyone. And go happy. Go happy.